0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Chillin in the State House. I am Andrew Ball, uh, State House reporter for the Ch- Topeka Capital Journal, and I am tired. <laughs> I am joined by Jason Tid, my better half, at the CJ. Jason, you are also tired, I s- expect.
1: I I, I am. Uh, we had a late night on Tuesday that turned into an early morning. Uh, but you know today's Veterans Day, and it makes it—it's a, a chilly one, so we're extra chill here in a quiet state house after a busy week. Indeed, indeed.
0: That voice you hear, John Hanna, the Associated Press. John, you were also up
2: all night long
0: with us. I am on plum Tuesday tuckered and out, Wednesday.
2: Andrew. That's that's how. I you you hit those high notes really really well. You know, I I brought back memories of Back on Track Can't Go Back, that great Backstreet Boys hit from the early 1990s. Um, Uh, We kid, right? We do kid. People will be Googling Backstreet Boys hits because they won't remember that one.
0: For the uninitiated, the Kansas Democratic Party did a press conference tour uh, uh, chiding uh, Attorney General Derek Schmidt. Uh, called back on track can't go back and we joked it sounded like a boy band number it's a long story we, we won't, yes, we, won't we, we won't we won't anymore than we already have yes but uh what a week it has been in, in kansas politics uh you all probably have been following this pretty big stuff got national attention uh governor laura kelly uh holding off uh a challenge by a, a Pretty thin margin from uh, Republican Attorney General Derek Schmidt to win a second term, a historic second term. It is the first time in at least two decades, if not more, that a Kansas Democrat has won the governor's man, uh, 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 governor's race while their party
2: controlled the White House. Actually, since 1978. So Bell, Bell 40... Bottoms and Disco and Jimmy Carter was president.
1: And was John Hanna just a wee babe? uh i would have been
2: 14.
1: so you were still in the boy band stage yes
2: (laughs) although i was not in a boy band because i can't sing worth anything you could have been the drummer Uh, that required too much coordination jason
0: well, I, I think we're going to focus on the governor's race, but real quick to run down the top-line results elsewhere. Um, Republican Chris Kobach, uh,
2: he's back. Indeed. he. Uh, everybody loves a comeback story, he said in his remarks Did. to his supporters. Was that – Late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. You know, John, it
0: really bl- blurred it, together it at did. some point.
2: But uh, yes, he won that race, uh, defeated Chris Mann, the Democrat, by it's looking like right now about two percentage points. Um, elsewhere, uh, Republican
0: Stephen Johnson beat incumbent Democrat Lynn Rogers in the state treasurer's race. Secretary of State Scott Schwab cruised, uh, as did Insurance Commissioner Vicki Schmidt. Actually, uh, Vicki Schmidt getting the most votes of any Republican statewide candidate in Kansas. Uh, and also the only one to
2: carry Johnson County.
0: That is true. We'll get to Johnson County in a, in a few minutes, I'm sure. But uh, And who were sent into Congress? No change. Jerry Moran won quite easily as did uh, all members of the U.S. House, including Sharice Davids, which was a bit of a surprise that she won by 12 percentage points, Uh, speaking at Johnson County, which, again, I I think, safe to say, factors into the governor's race. And, Jason, uh, that was one that we did not initially know election night what happened, but we knew pretty quickly the day after, right?
1: Yeah, I mean... With the way mail ballots and advance voting works, it wasn't a terribly surprising thing that Laura Kelly had the lead to start the night. Uh, she was she brought in a more a, a greater share of the mail in and advance ballots. Uh, And then it was a question of could Derek Schmidt close the gap? And he got really close. Uh, But at the end of election night, uh, neither candidate was declaring victory. Uh, The AP hadn't called the race. uh, But Laura Kelly sent supporters home with a speech that all but declared victory. Uh, And Derek Schmidt uh, you were at his watch party.
0: Yeah, he kind of you know he he acknowledged the reality that uh, the ballots outstanding were from conservative areas. I think when we went home and went to bed, it's like all of Dickinson and Ford County was not in, and there were precincts I think in Saline, Atchison, Montgomery, and Miami that had not yet reported. So conservative strongholds. He wasn't giving up the fight. There's also advanced mail ballots. We are recording this on Friday. Because of the Veterans Day holiday, those have until Monday to reach the county elections office, as long as they were postmarked or dropped in a ballot drop box by 7 p.m. on Tuesday, Uh, poll close. And also, provisionals will get sorted out at some point in the future as well. Um, So,
1: vote totals aren't final, but with where we stand now, uh, Dennis Pyle... Uh, only brought in about 2% of the vote, Dennis which is... Dennis Pyle. For, you for are, you are really...
2: On fire. <laughs> you are really wanting to sing today. It's because I'm a little loopy, John. Uh, Sorry, go uh, ahead. Uh,
1: uh, it, it, Dennis Pyle was polling about 3 to 4% uh, ahead of the election. And I think that if you had told Republicans that Dennis Pyle would only bring in 2% of the vote... They would have been getting the champagne bottles ready.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it, it, and this is interesting because a, a apparently Democratic aligned group out of Washington shares an address with a big law firm that, that does a lot of business for the DNC, also shares an address with a bunch of other left leaning groups, was spending money on behalf of Pyle. Uh, in the in the waiting days on radio ads, on mailers, on text messages. And uh, the Schmidt campaign kind of counteracted this, trying to get the message out that Pyle was a spoiler candidate. And it kind of worked because he really did not get all that many votes. The problem may have been more existential, that Pyle posed. I think you know he might well, the, have dampened the, enthusiasm, and he he definitely pulled Schmidt more to the right than he would have. The, well,
2: the, there are the 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 argument you're hearing from mainline uh, establishment Republicans is that Dennis Pyle made people uh, conservatives, in particular, less excited about Derek Schmidt, so they didn't turn out as much as they should have. They had arguably Republicans had a little trouble in rural areas. We'll know more when we see the final numbers. Uh, getting their voters out. But, um, you know, of course, uh, Dennis Pyle rejects that argument, saying essentially, well, you know, you had a weak nominee, he wasn't a true conservative, etc. All the arguments that Dennis Pyle has been making the whole campaign, you know, comparing, lumping him in the same group with Laura Kelly. So, Um, Which is, I think, provocative of him to say.
0: But, I mean, we saw over the course of the campaign that Schmidt really was working hard to protect the right flank. Perhaps maybe a bit of an acknowledgement, a tip of the cap to uh, his past political... Uh, uh,
2: you know maybe his evolution in terms of his beliefs you mean the fact that when he started his political career a bunch of people in the republican party thought of him as a moderate basically yeah um, and this gets into this gets into the political sciencey question of does it matter that you were once one thing or considered one thing or voted in your first year in the legislature in a certain way when for the past 12 years as in another office in his case attorney general you're doing conservative things you're professing you're you're talking about your opposition to abortion you're joining the lawsuit that attempts to overturn uh, the presidential election results in various battleground states you are joining all these lawsuits against Joe Biden. Does it matter that 15 or 16 or 17 years ago when you were in the legislature and relatively new, you did a couple of you had votes on immigration that would not please conservatives now? Well, wasn't
1: Donald Trump once a Democrat?
2: Yeah, actually, I think if yeah. memory serves, I mean, I I think he acknowledged giving money to Democrats. Actually, I think, you know, that's that I think that at some rally I'm remembering on television, he said, that's how I know the system was rigged because I tried to play the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, people do change over time. Uh, that's a little inconvenient in politics, but um you know uh, schmidt ran as a conservative and you know he emphasized some issues that conservatives emphasized. you know he talked about transgender athletes and the the governor's veto of two bans on transgender athletes in girls and women's club school and college sports um he attacked her vir- Supposedly he called her anti-police because she formed a racial justice commission, um, and talked about uh, systemic racism as a problem in law enforcement. Um, he talked about, in his words, the need to cut spending and also um, talked had some ideas for cutting taxes, although she did too. Well, and I mean,
0: I think, it it comes down you know, people are looking at the results on Tuesday and they're seeing how Jerry Moran performed, US Senator Jerry Moran, and comparing that to how Schmidt performed and wondering if a candidate more like Moran would have cruised. I mean conservatives are arguing a candidate more like Dennis Pyle would have cruised or Chris Kobach who won. And I mean it's well it it underscores the
2: the flaw in those arguments is First of all, Chris Kobach lost to Laura Kelly in 2018. Well, yes. And then second of all, uh, Dennis Pyle got 2% of the vote. So, I mean, I could see him getting far more of the vote if he were the nominee as opposed to an independent candidate. But
1: and it's also that's Jer- an
2: alternate world. Jerry Moran,
1: as a congressman can run on national issues in a way that Schmidt tried to but apparently didn't resonate as well with voters I mean we've seen polling that you know Kansans have uh, generally approve of the job Kelly is doing while they disapprove of the job Biden is doing Uh, and Schmidt tried to tie Kelly to Kelly to Biden and it it didn't work i mean maybe it helped with some people but in
2: the end if your measure is of did it work is who won she won um you know the argument you'll get from democrats i think is that laura kelly managed to create her own brand in kansas
0: well and i think what also helped is You know, the first half of this year, really, the governor and the Kansas Values Institute, all the groups backing her, were almost exclusively the ones on the airwaves, putting out, trying to brand Derek Schmidt and tying him to Governor Sam Brownback, and also portraying Kelly as middle of the road. Regardless of whether either of those things, two things, were true, they got so baked in at some point that you know, I think even Republicans would acknowledge that they had a hard time kind of changing some of those narratives. Again, I think both of those are debatable narratives, and they were debated at ad nauseum over the course of the campaign, but they were out there a lot on TV. And I, you know, you got to think that that had
2: an impact. On well, and, and, and Laura Kelly, and this was true in 2018 the way i've heard it described at, at, at times is that laura kelly campaigned like the 1970s early 1970s miami dolphins played football for the most part i mean you gave it to warfield and kick and they went up the middle and they got three yards and they just kept grinding and grinding and grinding. Now, you know, occasionally you would have a moment like Garo Yepremian in the Super Bowl trying to pick up the ball and throw it and, and something happening. But generally they had this very controlled ground game sort of... I'm getting in over my head because this is sports ball, but, you know... Um, Maybe
1: for the K-State fans like me, it's more like uh, K-State running Colin Klein up the middle, play after play.
2: Yes, I, I, that's an, a more modern analogy, <laughs> rather um, than the highlights of my childhood.
1: And still a decade old, which uh, is what uh, Schmidt's response was to the Brownback.
2: Well, analogy. and... and, and yeah, I mean, we saw during the second debate, uh, the public television debate in the Kansas City area, Schmidt said, you know, you have this, I can't remember the words he used, unhealthy uh, obsession with, with Brownback and what happened 10 or 12 years ago. You Arguably, the Democrats wouldn't have tried that. If they if they weren't seeing poll numbers, at least in the Kansas City area where it played well with voters, just like, you know, obviously the Republicans obviously had some polling that showed them the transgender athletes issue polled well or otherwise you wouldn't spend that much money on advertising hitting it. Well, and
0: I think maybe it's a good time to talk about Johnson County because on a night that, I mean, Kelly's margin, I think, is hovering somewhere around 17,000, 18,000 votes. Yeah. Uh, Kelly won Johnson County by 50,000, which is 5,000 more than she won it by four years ago. And that, I mean, fundamentally proved that we could talk about any number of things given the small margin that could have been decisive, but I think the continued... Bluing, for lack of a better word, of Johnson County was again on full display as Republicans, I think, kind of thought that it would start coming back into their fold. What
2: was once a conservative stronghold. Yeah, I mean, when when I started covering politics in Kansas back, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, um, Johnson County was a pretty reliable republican bastion i mean it elected now you know there was a wing of the republican party in johnson county and elsewhere that was you know the so-called moderate wing it supported abortion rights and um you know what kind of held the party together was a pro-business less regulation uh ethos but you know it elected mostly Republicans. At one point, I think after 2014, if I'm remembering correctly, there was exactly one Democrat in the Johnson County legislative delegation. And now most of the delegation is Democratic. Um, and they, it looks like they may have picked up three House seats, Democrats, in, in Johnson County. And so, they
1: weren't expected to, or yeah. at least not it wasn't confidently expected. That yeah. Would.
2: And so that, you know, that that should tell the Republican Party that they have some kind they have an issue with Johnson County particularly in statewide races even and when Trump is not on the ballot. Even when Trump is not on the ballot and you're starting to see this kind of blue I don't know what blob snail something that is Johnson County, Wyandotte County, Douglas County and it also can be Shawnee County. So you have this this part very populous part of northeast Kansas. And if you rope in Manhattan you can even get
1: basically the Kansas River corridor.
2: Yeah, they can, that's probably the best way to put it, the Kansas a Kansas River corridor that's fairly that that appears to be fairly blue and you know in th- in that quarter you have four of the five most populous counties in Kansas and democrats can win those counties you look at for example Douglas and Wyandot you know 3 to 1 well and i mean kelly She won those counties. She won Geary County,
0: where Junction City is, and Fort Riley. She won Lyon County, where Emporia is, and she won Sedgwick County, where Wichita is. She might eke out a win in Harvey County. I think it's like 50 votes, 100 votes at this point. But, I mean, you know, I think we were talking about this a bit, Jason. It's it's She did what she did four years ago, which is when, uh, you know, it's the nine-county strategy. I guess this year it's the eight-county strategy where, you know, you don't have to you know you 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 can focus really intently on those areas you get
2: your base out in the in the counties where you're you're likely and to win and the other the the commonality with those counties among other things is that they all voted against the proposed anti-abortion amendment in august by pretty big margins
1: and i i think republicans were banking on rural turnout being better than it was i mean the last week Two weeks of the campaign, Schmidt visited something like 90 towns, much of them in rural Kansas. Uh, Johnson County was not as much of his uh, strategy.
0: Well, his campaign wasn't even on on the TV airwaves for the last several weeks. Uh, the Republican Governors Association, I think, was, but the campaign wasn't really, and I think that reflected in on
1: the Kansas City airwaves. In the
0: Kansas City airwaves, yeah, he and he it focused really intently in Wichita and Topeka, which I mean, he he performed relatively well compared with Chris Kobach four years ago in Sedgwick County, but. It ultimately wasn't enough when well, Johnson and, and, was factored
2: in, and and I did talk to a Republican who said, in addition to a Johnson County problem, there may be a Sedgwick County problem because Kelly has now carried that county twice, and you know Wichita has always been known as kind of a, a, a stronghold of of uh, conservatives, especially since the summer of mercy anti-abortion protests i think 30 years ago 1991 i think was the year of that and but there have always been some good democratic union democratic minority democratic neighborhoods that that can turn out the vote too so I
1: mean, it, when, when i lived in wichita when i moved there in 2017 it had a republican mayor uh all five members of the county commission were republicans and the city council was majority republican and now it has a democratic mayor it has i think one democrat on the county commission it had two and one lost this time around Uh, and the city council i think is majority democrat now Uh, so it's not just a statewide issue there for Republicans. Yeah,
2: and and so you know, uh, Mike Kuckelman, the state GOP chairman who is retiring in February when they when they have their next state convention, said, you know, we need to figure out we need to figure out messaging in Johnson County. I don't know what it is, but we need to figure it out the theory being if we tell voters who we are, they'll be more with us than they will be with the Democrats. Um, I've heard, you know, democratic arguments that no, what's happening is people from outside Kansas are moving into Johnson County and are, are changing its character, changing its political and demographic character. It's becoming, it's become more diverse and it's become more democratic. That's the argument. I mean, it, and we had this problem after the 2016 election when democrats made some gains in johnson county in in legislative races and and trying to ascertain whether that was a reaction just to sam brown back whether you know it was some nervousness about donald trump or whether it was a long standing trend and As Andrew said, Republicans kind of thought it would swing back toward them, especially in a year of high inflation. I mean, I think that was nowhere more more true than the third congressional district race where they
0: again, Republicans again chose uh, businesswoman Amanda Atkins and again, Sharice David's one by double, a
2: double-digit margin in a district
0: that is even more conservative than it was two years they, ago. The,
2: the legislature redrew that district. They cut out a good chunk, uh, I think about two-thirds of the voters in Wyandotte County, and threw them into the second district, literally took the places where Sharice Davids had been performing best, and replaced them with uh, the, the bulk of Miami County and Franklin and... Yeah, Anderson just, counties, uh, you know, three pretty Republican places. Now, now, you know, the district, 85% of the votes, I think, are if I'm remembering the number, but it's something like that, are still in Johnson County. So, um, you know, everybody was kind of watching to see how Cherise Davids would do in Johnson County, and she did pretty well. Oh, I,
1: I think there's something to be said for the issues that Schmidt campaigned on. I'm thinking of messaging to Johnson County. I I mean, there is part of Johnson County that cares about transgender athletes. I mean, Gardner, their school district recently took action on that. But in, in the last month of the campaign, Schmidt really hammered home transgender athletes as an issue. His last press conference was on drag shows. Uh, He had multiple ads attacking Kelly over crime, but none of those issues appeared in his concession statement, uh, which talked more about, you know, out-migration of population and water issues and archaic delivery of public government services. And it makes me wonder if he had focused more on those bread and butter issues, if that might have resonated better, but the... Uh, but Pyle getting into the race might have precluded that.
0: I think that's a conversation that Republicans nationally are having. I mean, before we hopped on this podcast, there was a, a memo that a, a staffer in Michigan with the Michigan Republican Party sent around criticizing their gubernatorial candidate who got pretty thoroughly beat by Democrat Gretchen Whitmer, saying, why did we run so many ads on transgender athletes? And it's uh, it's... Well, interesting kind of existential question for Republicans.
1: Even if you care about transgender athletes uh, as an issue, there's what, five cases in Kansas? If you care more about issues that affect you personally, transgender athletes likely isn't one of them.
2: Well, I, I mean, to be fair to the Republicans pushing that issue, When you when when right now the polling on that issue suggests that roughly, if I'm remembering it correctly, roughly two thirds of of voters agree with the position of of keeping transgender athletes out of girls and women's sports. Um, The question that the result in Kansas and other places raises is even if that is so, and there's no reason to doubt, you know, the polling on it, even if that is so, is that one of those issues that puts you over the edge to vote, to, to change your vote on a on a candidate for governor? And, and they're kind of, I mean, one could argue that Medicaid expansion is the same thing for Democrats in Kansas. It is supposedly by polling we've seen in what is supposedly wildly popular and yet kansans keep electing the legislators that on the whole will not vote for it and i think
1: medical marijuana or maybe even recreational marijuana yeah that's that's
2: i mean missouri just legalized marijuana by ballot initiative and and you know there's there's that argument but there's also kind of a growing argument in political science circles about calcification, that the parties, while they have changed themselves and who their coalitions are and and where they stand on issues, the fact is people's—the argument is that people's identifications with their parties is so set in stone that despite all the drama of the last five, six, ten years, politically— it's not moving very many voters and you know i am struck by the fact that in american politics right now um the game is to get your base out that you know winning by 51 with 51 52 percent of the vote is is what you're trying to do as opposed to for example having a a ronald reagan style margin uh, of victory where you win the popular vote by 10 12 15 percentage points and you you have conservatives social conservatives business people over here and then socially conservative union union democrats and 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 other people you have a much broader coalition that you build on and that does not seem to be the model for the past 30 years and maybe 40 but at least 30 years i mean we've had a lot of words but but the the end
0: game is Laura Kelly is going to be in the governor's mansion for another 4 years it's it's kind of amazing actually tens of millions of dollars spent on all statewide races and legislative races
2: and really nothing fundamentally changed well i, I, I was thinking about that because i was thinking about and in, in one sense the of, the the balance of power is not changed you have Laura Kelly in the governor's office and you have a ver, uh, you have a supermajority republican legislature But I would raise this question. I would throw this question out. Hasn't something fundamentally changed? That vote in August, did that not raise some questions about the assumption, the political assumption that both parties had made that you would always do better by running as an abortion opponent? That's and a, that maybe. democrats you had to hide it and republicans you pushed it and i think i think that's an interesting question t- to ponder whether whether the evidence from that vote suggests that that it's much it's at least much more nuanced than that
0: well, I would say it's certainly a question at least some Republicans are thinking about. I was talking with Senator Jeff Longbine, uh, a fairly moderate lawmaker from Emporia on election night. And he said kind of a plea to his party leadership saying, take note of this election and the vote in August because Kansas is changing. And we need to pay attention to our constituencies because when we don't, that's when people start getting beat. Yeah. And... um, i mean jason i'd be curious to hear your thoughts my my response would be it's too soon to tell because the abortion issue could quickly fade from people's memories because in kansas as the as we all know from the august vote um
2: nothing much can change for the time being until until the courts intervene and there are three pending lawsuits and yeah it's a it it is something right now to watch and maybe it means that that Kansas has to, instead of debating, instead of the argument being, "Well, we want to be the most pro-life state in the country," or Kansans want to, you know, ban abortion. They, you know, this is a pro-life state. Maybe the argument that the debate starts to be on where the line is drawn in terms of allowing abortion what number of weeks under what circumstances you know all all of those nitty-gritty policy things rather than the uh, neither side now has the the luxury of of the u.s supreme court as a backstop not letting you do stuff in state law you know and that you know for years that allowed republicans to talk about being pro-life understanding that there was you know they could throw out a proposal and it would depend on the federal courts
1: i mean i i don't know how much movement we're expecting on what laws there are, and I think going forward the focus from Republicans is put more money into the anti-abortion crisis pregnancy centers and to focus on defending the existing laws. Uh, Nobody has really wanted to uh, explore, at least not publicly, what kind of restrictions they would want to do, or if they'd want to move up certain timelines that they have with uh like I think yeah it's we've no, a 20 we've, week or 22 week gestation yeah abortion ban uh that kansas currently has i mean maybe they tried to push it to 16 weeks we don't know
2: we we've not seen any of those proposals the 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 fact that th- there's a budget issue here with how much funding do you give to these state funding do you give to these anti-abortion uh pregnancy centers um that that has always been out there but yeah that could be the acute thing and the the question is do abortion opponents rest or do they come back with another version of the amendment and try to get it back on the ballot do they focus on something like judicial selection the the process there and try to go to a senate confirmation or even election for kansas supreme court justices um, that was the other interesting thing, was that all six of the justices on the ballot were retained, and, and by fairly significant margins.
1: I mean, governors race-wise, abortion just wasn't much of an issue. I, mean, I would have expected it to be raised more heavily by
2: Kelly and Democrats after August 2nd. Well, I, I, she,
1: she strayed away from it for the most part i
2: i heard an argument that that kelly didn't have to raise it because sharice davids did um in her race with amanda adkins that in addition to that 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 planned parenthood was out there working in emily's list so there were other people talking about abortion i mean kelly's argument was people know where i stand they they know i i think these decisions should be between a, a a woman and her doctor and so you know i arguably i need to focus on these talk about you know bringing businesses to Kansas and fully funding schools and in in her mind reminding people that you know we you know how the, how the state's finances look much much better uh, than they did under Sam Brownback and and all of that, all of those themes she threw out there, and and so yeah, she did not talk about abortion aggressively as say somebody like you know Tony Evers in Wisconsin or or Gret- Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan did.
1: If nothing else, Laura Kelly was good at staying on message.
2: Yeah. Well, we should
0: probably stay on message and uh, go get some rest, right? Yeah,
1: I I kind of think the campaign, the Laura Kelly campaign, was also tired because on election night she said we will party tomorrow, and then there was no party. <laughs> uh, I, I I expected her to <laughs> declare victory while standing in the middle of a road somewhere. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe return to the auburn road that appeared in her first tv ad uh but no she she did not take a victory lap in the middle of the road around the capitol she just sent out a statement that was essentially uh, the same as the night before i
0: think there's a non-zero chance that when that statement went out kelly was at home asleep <laughs> where we all wish we were um well, when you wake up from your post-election nap and want to read all about all these developments, we got more election content coming out over the weekend into next week, uh, you can go to cjonline.com or follow us on Twitter at cjonline, as long as Twitter exists, or like us on Facebook. Uh, I don't think we're on Mastodon yet, but you know, give us a couple weeks, we might be.
1: Is that one of those dinosaurs that was real swimming in the oceans back when Kansas was covered. in Yeah, water.
2: actually, you know, Western Kansas was an inland sea of some sort. So, I mean, yeah, the pterodactyls in the air and the and the the whatever asaurus is back
1: when Johnson County was a blue wave.
2: <laughs> was a literal
1: <laughs> a literal
2: blue wave? Yes. I don't know that the inland sea went that far, but we'll we'll need to have a paleontologist on to to go over that. Although I do, I do like the uh, display of the big, the big dinosaur, the fish dinosaur, uh, in the capital. It is that is quite fun. I agree. Yes, Jason.
0: Uh, if they want to follow you on Twitter, uh, you don't pay the eight dollars a month. I don't think you are still on I, there.
2: But
1: I and I still have my checkmark for now. Uh, it's at Jason underscore Tid.
0: And I am at Andrew Ball B A H
2: L. And John, where can they find your work? Uh, uh, well, you know, on Twitter. Uh, and I don't pretend to understand the mechanisms that make Twitter work. A P J D Hannah. You know, I'm I'm old. All of this is. I mean, I still well, have trouble with a VCR. So you know, it, it sounds like the guy running Twitter does not fully know how the mechanisms. I Twitter am going to stay out of that. Um, I am going to stay out of that. I know there is a wide variety of opinions, and that's all that's all I can say about that.
1: How pl- how, how uh, y of it, you? There. Just, just wait until AB. I mean, at APJD Hannah misspelled with a $8 check mark <laughs> tweets out all their opinions.
2: Don't you want to know where you can find other by day? Yes, yes, sure. w- www.apnews.com with the backslash Kansas. Um, or you can just Google my, my name, you know, no H on the end. That was the, uh, that was the famous new England Patriots football player uh, off I can't defensive lineman maybe before Tom he his career was before Tom Brady
0: and if you want to listen to back episodes of the podcast if you want to relive the election cycle
2: you should listen to back episodes of the podcast although I would encourage you not to relive the election cycle (laughs) because we we had lots of good discussions about Lord of the Rings and Gollum and the Marvel Universe that's true Uh, you know
0: Uh, they're all there. They're all there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, so is chilling in the State House. Jason, Andrew, John, Andrew, Jason, gentlemen. Thanks for thanks for joining. It was a good discussion and uh, nap time. Yes, we'll see you all right back here next week, same time, same place. Have a good one, y'all.